And it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 60, 60, recorded Friday, September 29th, 2011. Diamonds in the Rough. Maverick and I have been with you for 60 weeks. That's insane. It's our diamond anniversary. Splunk Talk, let's bring it. Hey Maverick, we're back again. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? You sound excited. Yeah. Can you give me your upset voice? Okay, I'm upset now. How about ec- ecstatic? Wow. <laughs> is, is your dad Stephen Wright? <laughs> yeah, I'd looked up the uh, word incognito in the dictionary. I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, dude. Was that is that Stephen Wright or is that Mitch Hedberg? No, that's me. I made that one up. I wrote. I wrote. No. I got a book on writing comedy. That was my first joke I ever wrote. Really? Yeah. I I'm looked a, up I'm the a, word I'm, incognito I'm, in the dictionary. I couldn't find it. I tried looking it up. I couldn't find it. Yeah. It's, it's like, sort of. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. All right. That's my best one. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, lo- I love. I uh, love. You know, you're in, you're very incognito. Remember? Wow, what does that mean? <laughs> Anyways, all right. That voice on the other side, that multi-tone voice, is Maverick Garner. Where are you today, Maverick? I'm in San Francisco in the headquarters at Splunk right now. You are in the aorta. You're I in am. the ventricle. You're in the valves of the pumping stuff of Splunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay God, it's always so fun going there okay no uh yeah no it, it was fun it's uh, i'm out here for uh some sales training and um i'm actually giving the sales training to some of the newer sales we're, we're growing like crazy so are you um, in the school uh, are you are you a teacher at the school of splunk the school of splunk that's correct and so it's been kind of fun so i'm taking some little time in between classes in lectures if you will to do the splunk talk this week so do you have a teaching assistant I don't. Okay. I pr- would you would you like to be my assistant next time or should I go hire one? I'll think about it. I'll think okay. about it. Well, you you have to prove it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, while I'm thinking about it. Oh, me. Uh Michael yeah. Wilde. This voice. Yeah. Where are you located? Uh, I'm in Austin, per usual. Um, where's your where's your state of mind right now? Dude, it's almost oh. October and it's still like 100 degrees. It's crazy. I wondered if we're going to skip winter this year. Just just keep on rolling with this three-digit heat. In Texas, you probably will. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Okay. Whatever. Um, I'm down here in Austin, Michael Wilde, Splunk Ninja, and we got some questions on the show today. All right, Maverick's got a question for me. I can feel it. I can feel it. I always got a question for you. All right, check this out. All right. I disabled Splunk Web on a forwarder. Why? Why? Why would you do that? Make it lightweight or something, right? Okay. okay. He, says, I, he says I need to start it up so I can use it the web interface again. But Splunk Start isn't working. How do I re-enable Splunk Web? Great question. Mostly it's great because you asked it. Okay. But it's a realistic question. So on a universal forwarder, one doesn't actually have the user interface. So this person's obviously not talking about a universal forwarder, but if you're listening and you use universal forwarders, this does not apply to you because, again, the user universal forwarder doesn't come with Python and it doesn't run our web interface, which is usually a good thing. Okay. If you're mad about that, install a regular forwarder. So regular forwarder, regular copy of Splunk. 
set it up, streaming events up there. Because you like configuring it with the GUI, which is cool. I like the GUI. And then you go into manager and you click general settings. And then you go down there and you deselect the enable Splunk web. <laughs> click on that and you hit save. Uh, of course, what that does, it shuts off the ability to start the web server. It also edits a file in the search what, app, likely what, under local file? called. Yeah, what's it called? Web.conf. Okay. Web.conf. <laughs> Web.conf is also the place where you go, uh, like if you want to get SSL going or a few other things. Mm -hmm. Or you want to change the port. You want to change the port from 8,000 to 80? That's where you do it. And what you'll find is if you look in Web.conf, if you disabled Splunk Web uh, from Manager, that you will likely see a um, entry in there that says start web server and then it'll have a value after it it'll be something like um start web server equals zero probably okay and that disables splunk web and if you just change it to one uh and save it and restart splunk you should be able to start up splunk web just fine remember if you happen to restart splunk again uh it'll also start up splunk web so you might not want um you know to uh you might want to remember that. So there you go. Yeah, it, yeah. Is it always under system local, or could it be under user under the user one? I mean, it could be. I mean, you could disable it and enable it in other ones, overriding it. Right. Here's the lovely thing about Splunk's app context: it's never in your user directory because this is a there's a user directory under Etsy users under the Splunk directory, and that's where right. things like field extractions go in their private. But it will be under the context of whichever app you launched Manager from. So let's say you were in the Cisco app and you typed in uh, Manager, clicked on Manager, and you edited that. There's a good chance, I could be wrong, but there's a good chance it's going to put web.conf down in Etsy apps uh, Cisco. Cisco slash local. Okay, local So directory. it'll be in a local directory um, down inside of... Uh, uh, Splunk slash Etsy slash apps. It, it, it could be in system slash local, but it all depends on where it was when you turned it off or disabled it. So, Right. And, um, and if it is under there, you can move it. You can just c cut it out of and yep. save off the one that is in search or Cisco slash local and move it to sys you know, Splunk. Yeah, it's a good practice because stuff, that's a system-related thing. And yeah, it, I like yeah. to keep that in system slash local, but there's no reason why you have to. Because some apps, for example, you could deploy might want to turn Splunk off. It really depends. So that's a, a simple question. We like to do the, the easy ones too, because some people started with Splunk yesterday. So, okay, I have a question for you. What's the square? No. Um, <laughs> every day, I, every day. Uh, right now, I'm thinking about that song. Every day, I write the book by uh, Elvis Costello. Right. Mm -hmm. You know that song, right? You're going to get it in, stuck in my head now. Dub it in. I'll dub this uh, in later. Everybody listening is going to be yeah. thinking about well, that. Well, yeah. Every day Damn I get you. a report of the top five Java exceptions based on occurrences. Now, my boss wants me to make a dashboard that contains five reports where each report is a timeline showing the trend for one of those five Java exceptions. Any suggestions? So wait a second. <laughs> Does he want a single pane? Or he wants to see a dashboard with five reports. 
Each sounds like report. he wants it. Sounds like he wants five reports. Okay. Uh, but but he wants it to be dynamically based on the top five for the day. Oh, so ooh, this so. would be interesting. This 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 is going to be Maverick answers a question and Wild is Wild learns something this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you might have already done this kind of thing. It's tough. Um, that's um, so so uh, so. If I have a dashboard with five reports, that means each report is going to be a different search, five different searches, right? Um, each search is going to have to figure out the top five and then pick out the one, second, to third, to fourth, like that, off the off the list. You know, as you go down each search. So, um, so, so I'm probably going to use the stats command to get the count by the error field, right? And then I'm probably going to need to pipe to a special command um, called eval that we've talked about before and make a new variable that I'm going to set to one because I'm going to want to number the rows so I can pull them out one at a time for each of the different reports. So I would use uh, eval uh, row count equal one and then I'll pipe to another special command called accum, A-C-C-U-M. And then I say accum row count, which means then as the report builds, it it accumulates or adds and increments that, that row count by one and then basically makes a third column next to the count column called row count that then says one, two, three, four, five and gives me the number of each row. And then I'm able to then pipe finally to where row count is equal to one, equal to two, equal to three, whatever, to then only pull back Java exception, oh. the specific one that I want, right? Okay. So then then I can save off five different searches where row count equals one, two, three, four, five, and it'll it'll basically dynamically then find all for that day or that time range, uh that I'm searching for the top five exceptions, and then I can basically then return and get back the um, uh, the the name of the of the exception. You know, the error equals the exception um, that I'm looking for for each particular report. And then I'm gonna want to make that a sub search, which we've talked about before, where we put the square brackets around it and we say sub search that um, amongst my uh, amongst my source type, my Java J, J, log for J logs or sor- source logs or whatever, where they're coming from. And then basically I'm going to get back then uh, all of those events that have that particular exception, either the top exception or the second most top exception or third or whatever. And then I pipe that whole thing to timeline, or I'm sorry, time start count by by the error or the exception field name. And that's it. And so it's a little more advanced but it's uh, but it's uh, it'll totally work, right? You'll save off each of the searches, and you'll just all you're changing is that. No, no, I'm going to ask you a question then, because you probably know what that means, right? If I'm going to have a big old search like that, but I have only one thing, like the number that I'm getting each time, that's changing, and that's the only thing changing. What am I? What am I going to do? What's the best practice for that? We're going to do with that. Well, I mean, the approach that I would take for this thing, anyways, is to use something called advanced XML. So that you're really only running the search once, and in Splunk's user uh, interface framework, I can create what's mm-hmm. called a hidden search, mm-hmm. and that hidden search runs. It runs kind of when the page loads, but then each dashboard panel, mm-hmm. for example, would take the set of results that are already cached, and then it would lo- let's say where row count is four, where row count is three, where row count is two, where row count is one. So I'd have a single search that runs, and then each of these particular panes ends up using the cached set of results or at least runs their own sub search to get it, to get all that. But, um, right. You, you could have put very, this whole thing in a macro too, you know? Yeah. Either one, but I, yeah, I like the advanced XML approach. This is the only reason why is because it sounds like you're running 
searching on the same exact set of data five times. That's right. That's right. right. And that if we can make that a bit more efficient, because when you put it on a dashboard, you're going to be running five searches. Um, and if you're running five searches against the same data, that's not efficient. Right. So like on my Splunk Talk Analytics dashboard, there's like six or seven panels, mm-hmm. but it all comes off one pile of data. Um, and it's not one, there's not nine, six or seven searches that run. There's actually one that runs. And then each panel does some filtering of what's in there. So, yeah, and if, and chances are the boss that asked for this, that dashboard, they may say, "Well, I want the top twenty now." Well, then you're probably going to want wish you had started out building it. With well, that's going to be a little harder, right? Because you're going to have to dynamically generate um, modules or panels on the thing. And our good friend Nick Mealy would probably know how to do that. He was in one of the last podcasts from from. Uh, user conference he's with SideView, and he does all these really awesome things so look for him yeah. on splunk answers answers.splunk.com his user id is nick guy's a friggin genius when it comes to the <laughs> ui that's right all right man some good questions yeah it was and you sound just as excited as when you said hello <laughs> thank you all right uh okay so where are we going we've got uh, a big event coming up in like a year right yeah, well, I just always want to make sure I mention yeah. the uh, yeah. You got to get there. You got to get there. What's Maverick going to talk about? User conference, oh. user conference again, but for 2012, it's going to be in Vegas, baby. So you got to start planning to be there in Vegas next year, September 10th through 13th. Oh, they already know when it is. Yeah, September 10th through the 13th, cool. dude, and in the Cosmopolitan. How do you know this? You're like because. Uh, because I'm like in with like Flynn or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever they say. And my mom used to say that, or my dad. Or in, like in, yes, in like Flynn, in like Flynn, whatever I you know. <laughs> so look that just like my wife's been telling me lately. When I ask her something, she just says, "Look it up." Like that's her answer to everything. Like and I just like say, "Pipe to look up." <laughs> pipe to pipe to look. No, and my look wife up. looks like, at me and goes, "You're a nerd." <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, but it's just like she's always like, just look it up. She wants I should have a shirt made that says look it up because that's her answer to everything I asked her. She's like, I don't know, look it up. Because you can, because you totally can. So yeah, look up uh You're hoping that up. she has some <laughs> answers like what's your temperature? I don't know, look it up. Really? Okay. Look it up. That's just we live in an amazing time. So uh, That's great. Yeah, user conference was was awesome this year. You gotta get there next year. It's going to be bigger. And the fact that it's in Vegas is easier for everyone to get to. And the facility is going to be a lot better. We did it in the Western St. Francis this year in San Francisco, which is the oldest hotel in San Francisco. And it even had limitations on Wi-Fi. Like, we couldn't get it to go through certain rooms, which was fail. But um, this will be good. User conference will be good next year. So um, we got Splunk Lives coming up in October. We have Wild's birthday in October, on October 25th. Right. Yeah. So you know that's where's the party going to be? It's going to be in Austin. So if you're in Austin, <laughs> I'll make you some barbecue because I'll have it. Oh, I won't have my grill by then. I'm ordered a new grill. Or you did what kind? Uh, a custom built island from <laughs> from uh, Barbecues Galore. You mean an outdoor kitchen? Is what? No, no. It's not really an outdoor kitchen. It's just one single island that has a grill in it. Okay. A grill I have a island. kitchen very adjacent to my outdoor, so I don't really need to put it outside. <laughs> Um, what did we learn this week? Other, you know what I learned? I learned what you just told me earlier. 
Well, good. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you learned something. I don't know if I learned very much that's worth talking about today because of all the training. I've learned a lot of things about other people and about our training and everything, and um, but nothing really technical that would be interesting. I don't think. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, I learned is well. The couple things I've learned is with lookups, um, the customer that I was working with this past week, is there are some limitations to lookups. So we were building, based on um, an article on the blogs that Alex Rakes wrote, he was doing this, maintaining this state table. In his oh, case, yeah. it was for connections. In my case, it was for IPs. And um, since this particular customer didn't really have an IP address management system that we could get to, so we could figure out, let's say the IP address and the name of the client. It's not really the name of the client, but let's just mm-hmm. say a name. Um, mm-hmm. We couldn't just write a lookup script to ask the system that. So we had to pull it off the radius logs. And it turned out that as this address space is like a class A address space. So the amount of IPs that were sitting in this lookup file were huge. I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of IPs. And it turned out really to to not be the most efficient thing. So one of the things that we're going to do, and it's coming out soon, is a MySQL lookup. So the MySQL lookup stuff that Letion Bitnico has been working on allows you to put a little MySQL database next to Splunk. What? Another database next to Splunk? It's actually okay because for for a static lookup table uh, that's updated frequently, um, being able to insert is good. So take the outputs of Splunk searches and just insert them into the database. And then just searching through a database is a lot more efficient uh, than uh, looking through a CSV, right? Right. Uh, And since we didn't really have uh, an IP address management system, we could query with a Python script. The only choice was to maintain a state table. And we get into the millions and millions of rows in a CSV. It doesn't scale. So that's something that we're going to be putting in. And so if you have ever... um, well, if you have information in MySQL, there's some lookup technology coming from Splunk. It should be on Splunk Base not too far soon. And also, if you find you're doing massive lookup tables, you are running into scalability issues with lookup tables, but you know you can only process and parse a CSV so fast, whereas an actual database would be much more efficient. So um, learned a lot of things this week regarding that particular issue. So, And uh, I have also still maintain my... Um, Statement that Fritos are the Fritos scoops are the best chip. Okay, that you're standing behind that. I think you know my brother and I had this discussion. I mean, yes, Doritos do win in several categories, but I think overall best chip. I gotta <laughs> say, I gotta go with the Frito Lay scoop. All right, fine, I'll let you go with Anyways, that. Anyways, that's uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? I'm uh, not this week. Ho- hopefully next week or so, I'll I'll get back into getting some more technical things. And maybe have some little tidbits that again that you've never know- heard about. <laughs> there he goes. There's some but excitement. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and then I'll try to bring a more excited voice next time. <laughs> That's totally awesome, Maverick. If I totally can. <laughs> awesome. All right. How do they get a hold of us? How do the listeners get a hold of us? You can send your email. Nine seven two dash. No, 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 no. You can send your email to splunktalk at splunk.com and we will get it and we will be happy to um, answer your questions on the air or even off the air. If it's even complex and too too complex for the show, we'll just do it. And Wild and I love 
the ninja and I loved uh, answering your questions and sending you t-shirts and stuff for free. So for shizzle, for shizzle, for shizzle. All right, any everybody, as we always say. Happy Splunk! You better watch out now! Because Splunk is about to take over the world! One day to change your You know, I got tiger blood, man.